Welcome to the North Hills Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into unique content created just for you. Um, I'm Ryan, and as always, I'm hanging out with Carissa. How you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm excited for this episode. We've got another um, Get to Know You episode. If you kind of scroll back, you can see we did one on worship ministry. We have another person that we want to introduce to you today. But before we get there, we thought it'd be helpful to give you guys a little bit of an update about the podcast itself. So I'm going to throw it to Carissa here. She's just going to give you a brief update about what's been going on. Yeah, so it's been a lot of fun so far um, and very exciting for us to get to do this and try to um, connect you guys to a lot of what's going on in the church. So far, we've had 243 of you listening um, on our worship episode, which is really exciting. And uh, so thank you guys for tuning in and getting to know more about uh, what makes this church run and everything that goes on behind the scenes. And so make sure you tell everybody else so that way everybody can get to tune in and learn more about what's going on and be in the know. Yeah, we're excited to get each of you. I invite someone to listen in onto the podcast. We're super excited about those numbers um, as we reach out and try to get you guys information that you value. Uh, Speaking of which, today, um, really exciting day for us. Um, Recently, we hired a new pastor of counseling, and we want to take some time uh, for you guys to get to know Matt Nesberg. So, Matt, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Glad you're here. Um, I have known Matt for a long time, but I don't want to take up too much of that time with just personal stories because I could tell a lot of really good ones. And I could tell some about you. (laughs) I I like this agenda better. (laughs) No, we're going to go right back. Story time with Matt and Ryan. You go first, then I'll go. No, we're going to go right back to our notes um, and just help our people um, that listen, get to know you a little bit. So as they see you around, as they think about you, um, they know more than a name, more than a title of how you're serving more than the fact that you're one of the elders here, uh, but a little bit about you. Cool. I'm really excited. So um, tell us um, a little bit about you, like where you're from, your family, those kind of things. Yep. I've been in Greenville my pretty much my whole life since I was about five years old. So I'm 45 now. So 40 years we've been in Greenville, grew up, grew up in this area, the upstate my whole life. Um Got married. Do you want to marry, married family yeah. too? Mm-hmm. Well, how about your your family yeah. before that? Oh yeah, yeah. my parents. Um, so I was born in Atlanta. Um, still Atlanta Falcons fan, even though they're horrible. <laughs> um, just side note there. But uh, yeah, my my parents um, uh, moved here when I was a kid and grew up in a Christian home. Um, and my Rosa dad goes here, right? Yep, your, your mom's mom. still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosa and uh, my dad was always involved. M- both my parents were always involved in uh, ministry, especially music ministry growing up. So I always grew up in the church, always around the church um, uh, growing up. And then um, when I was a teenager is when North Hill started. Yeah. And so my folks um, were part of the kind of the original group of uh, founding of, members. Yeah. yeah I'm really a, cool. I'm a charter member, I'd like to say. I'll like to remind Ryan. <laughs> charter member. <laughs> That's exciting. Do you have any siblings? I do. Uh, older brother, older sister. I'm the youngest. Oh, and then uh, your wife, Katie. And they all live in Greenville. Oh, okay. Um, and then my wife is Katie. We got yeah. married in 2001. Met on a blind date. That's another story. Oh, wow. It's a great uh, story. Met, <laughs> met on a blind date. Uh, she lived was uh, going to the University of Virginia. Lived in Virginia, and um, uh, and her folks are in Virginia, Southwest Virginia, and. And my sister ended up in the same church as my now mother-in-law, and they decided that Katie and I should meet, and so we we did. And the rest is history, <laughs> as they say. So, yeah. How many kids do you guys have? Three, three kids. We've been married. Uh, we got married in two thousand one, so uh, going on nineteen years now. Mm-hmm. And um, 
three kids 13 11 and 9 jake molly and andy boy girl boy that's awesome yeah congratulations thanks (laughs) so um where did you go to college bob jones university got a graduate in 1998 with a Music degree, music yeah. education. Doesn't '98 sound like so long ago oh, now when you soul. say it out loud? Yeah, when they when they're talking about. I still about feel 20... like the '90s was like last decade. No, <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about twenty year anniversary or twenty year reunion or whatever. I was yeah, like, it's old. That is old. I am old, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned um, that uh, you know, kind of with the charter member joke, but the fact that your mom and dad were very instrumental in the beginnings of the church. So, so some people might not know uh, that you do have a previous history with North Hills. So, I think it'd be great to hear a little bit about that too. Yeah. So you were here for a while, and what did you do while you were um, here before? Yeah. So a year out of college. Um, North Hills was ready to hire kind of their first full-time uh, worship director, music mm-hmm. director, and that's what my training was in. That was where my, my heart was, and just never expected that I would have the joy of serving mm. uh, here, and uh, was doing computers because I also knew how to do that. And But in uh, 1999, in the summer of 99, late summer, uh, the elders had kind of said, hey, we're ready to make this transition and have uh, somebody lead that area so they approached me and I came on staff August 3rd 1999 was my first day on staff for some reason that has stuck in my brain and um, as the worship director or music director I think was the title and um, and then ended up going through uh, the lead ministry training program here, begin, getting ordained mm-hmm. uh, in 2005, maybe, um, and um, and uh, and becoming the worship pastor here, which I did until 2012. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, we don't have the lead program anymore, um, which still makes me a little bit sad. But uh, maybe you can share with us a little bit just kind of how um, – that program and maybe the ordination and just kind of the growth in that role uh, was formative to you and kind of bringing you to where you've continued to grow and what you've been Even able to do just your since. experience at North Hills, like yeah. how that was formative. Oh, are you talking about lead specifically? Yeah. Or just, or just evening yeah, your role. That could be part mm-hmm. of it, but even just in general. I mean, you were here for a, oh a my long goodness. time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I know we're going to try to make you answer a big question quickly. Right. So <laughs> let me take a glance at the clock over there to make sure that I'm staying on, on track. But, but yeah, I would say that when people say, what are the most influential things in your life uh, for your life for the 45 years I've been alive North Hills is got to be very close to number one because I was 16 7 maybe just turned 17 when North Hills started and so this is this was my church um for 20 plus years the first go around and now we're back i mean it, it's hugely infor- uh, yeah. for, um, formational for me and then peter hubbard has been was my pastor for the for almost every bit of that you know that i think yeah. the church was a year old when he came so some you know the faithful exposition of the scripture for my life and then on top of that people like Peter Ross, Alan Bunn, you, Ryan, and other people who poured into me, whether it's through lead or through other things, to to develop uh, me as a leader, other elders here that for years and years and years poured into me as to try to develop me as a leader, spent countless hours with me as I I was in my early 20s, then mid-20s, then late-20s and 30s, um, trying to be a part of discipling me as a person. So all those things came together to form and shape me and and influence me as a a leader, as a pastor, as a husband, as a dad, all those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's really God's work that is immeasurable. 
yeah, I think that's really cool. Getting to see leaders create more leaders. Like I, that's a, a really awesome. That that's the best case yeah. scenario. Like you, you long to be able to do that. So we, we kind of come from your history. Um, you were here at, at North Hills and then God called you from here, um, into another work. So why don't you tell us, um, a little bit about that, um, what you did as you left. Um, and then we'll see where the tape that takes us. Yeah. We, we felt God calling us away in 2010, 2011, really begin to, to pray about if God would call us away to plant a church and, Worked through that with the elders, and you're part of that, Ryan, and um, to to talk about church planning and go through a church planning process and assessment with Acts 29, and and really felt like the Lord was calling mm-hmm. us away uh, to Spartanburg to plant a church, and so we did that. We left um, in 2012, and you know, people leave churches for a myriad of reasons. When you leave a church that you really love and God is really using your life, that's a hard thing to do. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But we really felt like God was doing that. And uh, so we left and started Cross Life Church, which started in August of 2012. In Spartanburg, right? In Spartanburg. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And you built even a core group of people from North Hills to go with you. Yeah, I think we ended up having maybe 30 or 40 uh, people that in some way either were here or had been here or that kind of thing. So at, that, that started at Cross that Life, in a sense, so now, because I'm sure there are some of our listeners who um, are new to faith or trying to figure out who Jesus is um, that are new to North Hills. Uh, so what what does it, what was your role now in planting a church? Like your role at North Hills before was um, music, worship director. Yeah. So stepping in, give us a picture of what it, what it means to um, plant that church. What was your role? Yeah, primarily uh, leadership and, and, and preaching and teaching. Um, so by leadership, I mean, whether it's, uh, you know, leading uh, our group of elders and deacons and as well as everything from, you know, planning worship services to planning community groups yeah. to, to all areas of that kind of being the only only staff pastor, the only pastor, mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, some elders, two other elders at that time. Um so I, I it was a little bit of everything. Yeah. So yeah. and a lot of that kind of um, care for people um, in general that doesn't really get onto a, a job description, so to speak. That also yeah. kind of heads yeah. um, yep. your way as well. I, I think it's really um, uh, for our listeners. I think it's important to know. I have known we were, Matt and I have known each other since high school. We're really good friends. Um, I think there's one thing from your experience up there. I'd love for you to share with our listeners. That I, th- I just think is powerful. Can you tell them a little bit about um, the community you built up there um, around the theme of racial reconciliation? Yeah. So when uh, some of the events in Ferguson and other places involving uh, African Americans who were in in one way or another, having poor interactions with police and uh, people getting hurt or killed, um, it created, as you recall, various flashpoints regarding race around our country. And a pastor friend of mine in Spartanburg reached out to me and said, hey, I want to get some pastors together uh, from some from white churches predominantly and some from predominantly black churches and let's get together and let's see if we can start having some conversations around race. Um, he So he did that and so the first one had seven of us and, and I think three were black and four were white and uh, we had breakfast together and we began to talk about uh, race and the possibility of having ongoing uh, discussions yeah 
uh, about racial issues and then not just race in general, but, but how it affects our hearts. Our goal was always to kind of get to our hearts and then how in affecting our hearts, we could lead our churches so that God forbid, if there were to be something similar that would happen in Spartanburg, South Carolina, then it would be the pastors who already trusted one another and could could lead the community rather than be caught flat-footed. So that developed into um, that group beginning to meet monthly, and then the pastor that started it moved to Atlanta. And when he left, he asked me and Pastor Walter Belton, who pastors a predominantly African-American church in Spartanburg, to co-lead that group. So we began leading that four years ago together, and it's grown to between 30 and 40 pastors, depending on, on any given month. And it's about half black and half white. And uh, we have, over the last five years, four or five years, discussed about every possible thing related to race um, you can imagine, um, including things that you don't talk about, like politics, um, but really trying to um, talk about the issues that people in our country just don't feel safe. Like, white people and black people both have questions and they want to know answers, but they just don't feel like they have anybody that can ask it to of, of the other race, that it's a safe place where they won't be called a racist or prejudiced or something else. And what we created by God's grace was a safe place where pastors could say, why, why do you think that's prejudice? And what, what we've learned, a couple of things, God's used that so powerfully in our own hearts. Um, in my heart personally, it, God, because I, I, I grew up in a home that, was not racially sensitive to say the least. Um, and uh, God used that in my heart, but then God's used it in the hearts of people like Walter Belton and Ricky Surratt, two of my great friends in Spartanburg who pastor at black churches. Um, you know, R- Ricky would say, I-, I didn't trust any white people before. Mm-hmm. I would never trust a white person. Uh, Walter um, has a fantastic history. Um, of of just interacting in, on this issue of race, but God's op- use it to open my eyes, open their eyes, and allow us to lead our churches to have some of these discussions that people just don't have. And the other thing that we've discovered is not only our hearts and how God's used that in our hearts, but the but that it's reminded us consistently that Christian brothers and sisters that are black or white are really not that far apart. Mm. Because what unites us is way stronger, significantly stronger than race. And what we see in the news and on television is there to make money. And that's why it's constant conflict. When if Christians would actually act like Christians, mm. that conflict, it's, I'm not saying it easily vanishes. It doesn't, because there's still things we have. We are still sinners, right? At once sinners and saints. So we still have to unearth those sinful things, those remnants of prejudice in our own hearts. It doesn't just magically evaporate. But we have a Christian foundation that the gospel of Jesus Christ on which we are unified and can start there. And then all of a sudden those flashpoints can become discussion points and um, minus the heat, minus the heat and minus the politics and the money. And, and all of a sudden you go, Oh, the, the caricatures that are printed, that are, that are proposed in in the the media. media. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not what you think. You're my brother. Yeah. And I can love you. And that's just, that's ridiculous. And they can, we can discover that about each other. Yeah, that's 
No, go ahead. That's such a beautiful picture, I think, like you mentioned, of um, the unification that comes from the gospel and um, the healing that can come um, within like a Christian community, but that can even flow outwardly then to the community at large and just being able to actually like love your neighbor the way the gospel informs us to yeah. and, and getting to see that lived out. I think that's super exciting. And I, I think the one of the things I take away from that, just e- e- even as we talk about this role moving forward is leadership. Like at some point, somebody has to say let's meet yeah that's a leadership issue whether you viewed it that way in the beginning or not or walter did at some point it's that idea of okay we need to step in which i think that type of leadership gifting for our people is exciting as we step into what god's called you to do now here at north hills church which is be the pastor of counseling so you, as listeners key into this, we're, you're only three days into your job when this is being <laughs> recorded. But but what, Matt, as you think about the role itself, what 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 excites you? Uh, I'm excited to provide leadership and and be a part of caring for people because at heart, I'm a shepherd, and mm-hmm. um, it's just the way God's created me and and how God's used people in my life to shape me as that kind of person. So to be able to, to the best of my ability to me care for people, but then also hopefully by God's grace, multiply that care in a fairly large church, trying to mobilize other people to who have that same heart, but maybe need the tools or the opportunities um, to shepherd others and care for them. So that'd be my quick elevator summary. uh, No, I think that's really helpful. Um, what do you bring to the table? Like mm-hmm. you, you say, God made you a shepherd. So as, like as these people that listen to this go, hey, I, I kind of resonate with that heart, but they may not know you. What, what do you bring to the table to kind of take us forward in this general sense of trying to care for people? It's a couple of things. Um, I hope I answer your question. Yeah. Um, I would say that in the last seven years, God has brought uh, our family through a, a lot of challenges and struggles that have that he's used to to shape and mold us and break break our hearts break my heart um to make me more compassionate towards people and um uh, he's just that's just circumstances that god's brought us through and 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 pushed us towards him to trust him in hard circumstances and um and that's made me a different person personally hmm. Um, and then secondly, I've had some great leadership opportunities over the last seven years uh, in, within the church and outside of the church that have changed me as a leader. So um, when you put in a good, in good ways and feel like that I am way more equipped to be a leader and have more experience and, and skill to do that than I did when I was here before. Of course, North Hills is part of that because they fed all the, the groundwork into that. And then over the last seven or eight years, God just really provided opportunities to lead number one and then also just molded my heart um, as a a person that cares and just stuff that he's done in our lives Mm -hmm. um, to break our hearts too i think of that that you know that kind of those two categories of ministering out of what of what god's done in you i think of you know the the phrase in the book of Hebrews where it tells people, um, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Like part of leadership is is the is the willingness to say, I've walked through hard things and here's some of what God's done in me. 
Um, and then just that other that other leadership component, which even Paul describes in Romans as their, their spiritual gifting, like that's a spirit empowered thing. Yep, as well. And I would add to that if I can that um, mm-hmm. the other thing you see all through the Bible is that God uses weak people. Um, that He loves to use those mm-hmm. who just are the weak ones, that the ones that are say I, I don't have anything to offer or I I need you God I'm I'm the weak broken one and and so uh I I think that there are times when I look at what God's called me to do here and I go even though I think okay God I think you've prepared me for this in many ways and there are other times I go what did I get myself into <laughs> what am I doing <laughs> but at the same time that's I believe where God wants all of us to be is mm-hmm. in a place of weakness where we're going, okay, God, you got to do something big because whatever God does is going to be a lot better than we can. Yeah. I, I, that's really exciting. I really love that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your vision or your plan for the next six months? And um, as you kind of come into this role and um, maybe bring a lot of different perspectives or different leadership into that, what, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, so here's my three things that as I come in is um, uh, to first starting with, so my three things are assess, possess, and address. So I love I, the alliteration. <laughs> well done. Um, so I, so the first thing I'm doing is assessing, which involves a lot of listening. Um, so talking with people and listening, where are you? Where's your heart? Yeah. Um, on our to-do list is is meeting with some of our, our major lay counselors that are mm-hmm. invo- heavily involved in 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 ministry to just listen to them and see how they're doing and what they're seeing and what they're observing and what they need. So a lot of, a lot of time with the staff here as well, just a lot of listening involved with assessment. Yeah. And then by possessing it, I mean, receiving that to myself and saying, okay, how then based on what God has given us here, how will I lead? And then addressing what needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And, and based on that assessment, um, here's where we're going to go. But there's so many good things happening. Like there's not, I don't have this vision of turning the ship over because that I don't right. believe that needs to be done. Um, but there's so many good things that I would love to be a part of and, 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 and be a part of increasing that and mm-hmm. broadening that so we can reach more people and then drop things that need to be dropped, added mm-hmm. things that need to be added so that by God's grace, more people can be touched. How can people pray for you? We'd love for you to pray for us as our family transitions from one church to another. We love Cross Life Church, and we didn't leave because we hated them and and hated those people. We actually love those people and still love them, and that's the hardest part. We we love people. And so leaving those people has been difficult uh, for me and Katie, as well as our kids, especially our our daughter, who's an 11-year-old girl and has really wrestled with kind of that transition. so please pray for pray for them, especially for my daughter Molly and, and Katie too, but but also me as we, we just want the best for them and love them. So pray for that and then just pray for wisdom and grace that I and pray for good listening ears um, as we go through a period of assessment just trying to to do what's best and, and of course you can pray that God would be glorified in the end. That's the ultimate goal. Amen. Um, but I want to be a part of what God's doing. I'm so glad to be a part of North Hills again and what God's doing here, I can't tell you. Um, I, I am uh, equally excited. Yeah. It's hard to even put it into words, but I've been able to interact with Matt for the past three days here as he started jumping into this role and seeing how um, God's going to use him. Um, so 
I invite all of you guys, step into what he's asked you to pray. Pray for his family. Pray for wisdom as he um, becomes part of the leadership here to guide us. Um, So we're at the end of another one of our deeper dives. I want to give out a quick shout about where we're headed next time. Uh, On our next episode, which will drop on January 15th, Chris and I will be hosting an Ask a Pastor uh, Mm -hmm. with Peter Hubbard again. And this one's going to be on tithing. Tithing. (laughs) Um, Specifically dealing with this question, is tithing a biblical doctrine or a means of sending people on a financial guilt trip. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Um, so it's going to be a great episode. You don't want to miss. We spent some time with Peter. Um, and again, thanks for listening. Tell some mm-hmm. other people about this podcast. Spread it around so we can inform everybody on what God is doing here at North Hills Church. <laughs>